praise and adoration. Absolutely. Hey, can I ask you a question? How would you rate your character? How would you rate your character? Zero to ten. Three, four, seven, eight. Character. I'll tell you what. Character counts in a coronavirus crisis. Character counts in a coronavirus crisis. What do you think when I mention the name Billy Graham? What do you think of the name O.J. Simpson? What do you think of the name Charles Manson? Character, moral, mental fiber of our being. It's not only what we think, but it's who we are. And by the way, character is developed. And speaking of character, Sheriff Donnie Pope called me about a week ago and he said, Brother Randy, we got a man that's in the hospital. He's got COVID-19. His name is Captain Walker. How many of y'all know Captain Walker? Precious brother. And he said he wants you to call him. So I got my phone and called the hospital. He gave me his number, and Captain Walker answered, Ed Walker answered the telephone. And I said, how you doing? He said, man, I'm battling this coronavirus. He's 59 years old, I think 60, somewhere in that neighborhood. And he said, I'm just battling this coronavirus. And I said, well, we've been praying for you, and we're going to pray for you. And we talked for 30 minutes or so, and uh, he had been in the hospital a few days. He was much better, obviously. And, uh, and in fact, he was getting scheduled to depart and be dismissed from the hospital in a day or so. And I said, Brother Walker, how can I pray for you? He said, would you pray for my wife, Marcelle? How many of y'all know Marcelle? Alice, you know her. I know Deanna knows her. Robin may know her. You know her, bud. And she drives a school bus down in Jasper County. He said, would you pray for my family? He said, this thing has hit our whole family. And I said, sure, I'll pray. And we'll pray together. And then he said, would you check on them? I said, I'll be glad to. He gave me the telephone number. I called their house after I prayed with him. And she answered the phone. And she just began to cry. She said, 11 of us have this terrible, terrible scourge. 11 of us in the household have this. She just cried on the phone. I said, well, listen, I pray the Lord will bless you and strengthen you and encourage you. And anyway, after I hung up the phone, after talking with her for about 30 minutes, the Lord put it in my heart. Son, don't just say things. Follow through. I said, Lord, what can I do? And the Lord put it in my heart to go get him a meal. Deanna and I went and got him a meal and took it by. We didn't go to the inside the house, dropped it right there by the truck and to be a blessing. What am I saying? I'm saying this. During a time like this, character counts. There's a lot of people sitting around us and uh, up and down the roads uh, that we can be a blessing too. How many of y'all like the blessings of God? Amen. When we're a blessing, God always blesses. And speaking of being a blessing and speaking of character, I heard about a man who came to revival meeting, not last week, but he came to the altar the first night and he said, Dear God, fill me, fill me, fill me. The next night he came and he said the same thing. 
Dear God, fill me, fill me, fill me. The next night he came and said the same thing. God, fill me, fill me, fill me. Finally, the very last night of revival, the man came to the altar and said, Dear God, fill me, fill me. About that time, a man jumped up in the church and said, God, don't do it. He leaks, he leaks, he leaks. Don't do it, Lord. Hey, we leak, and we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. I want to tell you today, there are three reasons why you and I need to understand character counts during the coronavirus crisis. And there are three reasons that you and I need to focus on Christian character. Tell me, uh, what do people say about you? Tell me, how many could use a little help in the area of our character traits? By the way, character is developed. That is developed. And it's developed, watch this, number one, by our transformation of our mind. And that's when the Word of God begins to take root. I talked with a man yesterday for over an hour. He had just gotten out of jail yesterday. Hello, there are people all around you and me. We can talk about witnessing all day long and about going out and witness. We just got to do it. And the church said, let's don't talk about it. Let's do it. Just do it. People are all around you. And you can be a blessing. No, you may not want to go knock on the door. But anyway, this man said, I just got out of jail. He said, man, I'm hungry for the Word of God. I need God's blessing in my life. I was a seller of methamphetamines. He said, but I'm delivered, 42 years old. He said, I'm growing the Lord. I had to serve time in prison. He said, for two years, for something that happened, drug-related, and I won't go into all that. But he said, I want to grow in the Lord. Character is developed through the transformation of our mind, character is developed through the identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. Character is developed through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And I believe there's some of you today, listen, some of us today, look at, look at me please, look up here. You've been depressed, haven't you? You've been down. Spiritually, you've lost ground. There's a lot of people today that have lost ground. They feel empty. They feel like, uh, I'm not where I used to be. Lord, I want to sense your presence. I want to sense your power in my life. Lord, I'm not at peace anymore. My mind is troubled. I seem to be overloaded with cares and worries. Today, you can get a breakthrough because thank God when Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. Here we're looking today at our continuation of study of the book of Revelation. Now keep in mind, let me review just for a brief moment and jump right into the text. Why? Because it's been two weeks since we studied Revelation. But let me remind you how we've already progressed through the book called the Apocalypsis, chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 5. And unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth forever and forever. Behold, he cometh with clouds. That's Revelation 1, verses 5 through 7. Chapter 2 and 3, the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Philadelphia, Sardis, and Laodicea. The seven churches, chapter 2 and 3, overcomers. Chapter 4, after this I looked and a door was opened in heaven. Come up hither. No doubt a picture of the rapture from the throne, around the throne, on the throne. Chapter 5. The Lamb of God is worthy to open the book and the seals thereof. God the Father gives them to the Son of God. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. 
And then we come to the book of Revelation chapter 6, the unleashing of these seals, the black horse rider, the red horse rider, the white horse rider, and the pale green horse rider with the disease and war and blood. Now we come to chapter 7, the 144,000 Jews supernaturally sealed by God himself. Come to chapter 8. You remember we looked at the phrase, Touching heaven, prayer in heaven. Chapter 9, we skipped over. Chapter 10, skipped over. Today, we're looking at chapter 11, but hold your thought because we've already looked at chapter 13, the mark of the beast and this one world ruler. Chapter 14, a continuation of the 144,000. Chapter 16, the kings of the east, China and others, marching across the Euphrates River by the power of demonic spirits Chapter 19, the coming of the Lord, not in the rapture, but in the second coming. And what we've learned from the coronavirus crisis, the reliability of authority, number one, the authenticity of Bible prophecy, two, the audacity, the enemy, three, and the vulnerability of humanity, four, and uh, the uh, dependability upon God's sovereignty, five, and the priority of humility, six, and number seven, the urgency of eternity. Then we fast forward to chapter 21, a new heaven and a new earth. And so now, as we review the book of Revelation, I want to invite you to turn to chapter 11. And I hope you're getting fed on this great book. When it's all said and done, you'll have a better grasp. Revelation 11. By the way, I talked with a man last night. And he said, Pastor, I don't understand Bible prophecy. He said, a lot of people are saying Jesus is coming again. He said, I don't see any relevance to Bible prophecy. I reminded him, and I want to remind you today, listen, one-third of your Bible, 30% of your Bible is Bible prophecy. The last week of Jesus, he spent pouring into his disciples in regards to Bible prophecy that's recorded in the Olivet Discourse. Wait a minute. If that's important to Jesus... In regards to him leaving his disciples, I suggest to you and me today, it's important for us today. Yes, it has application. It will change your life and the way you live and I live, knowing we'll stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 11. Turn there, please, and stand to your feet. I want to read verses 1 following. Revelation. Now, I know you can't get all this in one sitting. In fact, some of your minds, when you come to church, it's hard for you to focus. I understand that. I could say things for 30 minutes and you hadn't caught a single word. And that's why we've got this great work. Thank you, Katie, for recording this on YouTube. This is downloaded because I know you can't catch all this, but you can go back and look at it and review it. And it's a blessing, I hope and trust to you, that as we study this great book together, Revelation chapter 11, if you're there, say amen. amen. Now, if you remember, a few months ago we looked at this chapter. However, this week as I was studying and praying, God gave me some understanding about this thing of Christian character accounts in a coronavirus crisis. I began reading in verse 1 of chapter 11. And there was given unto me a reed like a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Hold that thought. Obviously, this is in the first three and a half years of the tribulation. The next event, and I think it's getting sooner and sooner every day, is the coming of our Lord and what we call that snatching away, namely the rapture of the church. Immediately following, watch this, the temple will be rebuilt. Do you know right now, if you went 
to Google it in, Temple Institute, you'd find out the preparations are already being made. In fact, the Lord put it in my heart to preach a message on the red heifer. How many of y'all have ever studied the red heifer? It's in Numbers chapter 19. I'll be putting that on YouTube sometime later. Understanding the times in which we're living. The temple is already the utensils and the preparations for the altar and the incense, etc., is already in order in Israel, and it won't be long, six months before the temple can be rebuilt. Here is a proof text that the temple will indeed stand during the tribulation. Another proof text is Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 says the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God and showing himself that he is God. So here is a reference. Keep reading verse 2. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot. How long? Forty and two months. How long is that? Forty and two months would be three and a half years. Twelve hundred and sixty days. Three and a half years. Here is the reference to the Antichrist confirming the covenant with the Jewish people and the first three and a half years, even though there'll be the outpouring of God's judgment, even at that time. I'm telling you, it's late day. Verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days. That's the same reference. Three and a half years, okay, if you're taking notes. And clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Here is Zechariah's vision. You can fast forward or backtrack rather. Go back and study Zechariah. You'll find out he mentions these two olive trees and the two candlesticks. Look at verse 5. And if any man will hurt them, the two witnesses. Who are these witnesses? And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of the mouth. Well, wouldn't that be wonderful? And devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. <laughs> wouldn't that be wonderful to go around and just speak a word and fire come out of your mouth? That's what's going to happen. Look at verse 6. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues, and often as they will. Immediately, who do you think about who had power to shut the heavens for three and a half years? Elijah, right? Right. Who do you think about who had power to turn the water into blood in the Old Testament? Remember during Pharaoh's day? Moses. Very good. However, this is not necessarily Elijah and Moses. Many believe it'll be those two witnesses who had the power of Moses and Elijah. Others say it may be Elijah and Enoch. Why? Because those are the only two in the Bible who did not taste death. At any rate, I feel safe to say this, that these will be two witnesses in the, in the tribulation who will be used of God with the power of both Elijah and Moses. Keep reading. Verse number 7. Here's the text. Underline it. Are you ready? Underline it. How many of y'all got a pen and a piece of paper? Raise your hand if you're taking notes. Let me see. All right, very good. I love to see you taking notes. It's hard to remember what I'm going to say. Ten percent, you'll remember what I'm saying. That's why I like to take notes and uh, go back and review. Verse 7 is a key verse, all right? Here we go. And when they shall have, what's the next word? Finished. Finished. Hey, look, soldier, we're not home yet. Stay the course. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Finish your testimony. Boy, I tell you, I pray that God the Holy Spirit will put wind in your sails and put uh, grace in your step, and God will strengthen our hands. I know you're weary. I know you're tired. But look at verse 7. When they have finished their testimony, the two witnesses, the beast, 
That word beast is the word therion. It's used uh, 36 times in the book of Revelation. It's in regards to the hideous uh, antichrist, not a creature, but a man, one world ruler, a embodiment of the devil, the beast, notice, that ascended out of the bottomless pit. I looked up that shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Look where it says, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit. The word ascendeth is an ob eno, an ob eno. And the word an ob eno means to rise up. I, the reason I'm pointing this out is I got the picture of the bottomless pit was way down in the center of the earth. It may not be so. The point is this word ascend means to rise up. Not necessarily from a position, but to spring out of. Bottom line is the Antichrist will show up. Here's what it says. Verse 7, middle of the verse, the beast shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and shall make war against them. Underline that word war. And shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies, their corpses, shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. I can't help but to think, you think this stuff is far-fetched. Well, look what's happening in America, the riots and the, uh, the, the ridiculous stuff that's going on. This is not far-fetched at all. Hello. And then look over in verse 9. And they of the people and the kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies, their corpses, these two witnesses. How long? Three days and a half. And shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. What a public disgrace for somebody to die and be left in the streets for people to come by and see two dead bodies. That's the picture here. Keep reading. Verse number uh, 8 again. Their dead bodies shall lie on the street of that great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Immediately you think of Jerusalem. In fact, we went there. I believe personally the Lord Jesus was crucified on the Mount of Olives, not the traditional site, Gordon Calvary, rather on the Mount of Olives. Anyway, I won't argue that with you. You can check it out yourself. Nonetheless, it's Jerusalem, the reference there. Look at verse 9. And they of the people and the kindred, uh, of the kindred and tongues and nations shall see their bodies three and a half days and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the graves. Look at verse 10. A Christmas party the devil's going to throw. Notice, and they shall dwell upon the earth, shall gloat. They're going to rejoice over them and make merry. The devil's crowd's happy when the people of God suffer persecution. He said, John, next I don't know how the patent said, they shall make merry and send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. I want to tell you all something. People hate preaching today. They don't like you either and me either. It's the devil that don't like us, okay? It's the demons of hell that don't like you and me. If you, if you don't stand for something, then you'll fall for anything. If you're one of those compromising, cowardly Christians, you won't ever get persecuted. But I want to tell you something. I'm not talking about a Pharisee, but I'm talking about if you love the Lord and stand for the things of God, you're not going to be a friend of this world. You're just not going to be a friend of this world. What do you want to do? You want the world's approval? Or would you rather have God's approval? You're not going to stand before the world when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Rather, we'll stand before the Lord Jesus. Is it more important to, to, to be judged by our Lord? Absolutely. So let's don't try to please people. Rather, let's please the Lord. Amen. Keep reading. Verse number 11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them. Oh, I like this part. And they stood upon their feet, and great 
phobia, fear, fell upon them which saw them. God's always got the final say so. Verse 12, and they heard a mega voice, a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud. Reminds me of Lord Jesus when he ascended after his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. And their enemies beheld them. This is the word of the Lord. And I know this is a lot to read, but I believe the Lord's going to give us some practical truths to apply during this Christian character during a COVID crisis. Father, bless you again. Commit this time to you. And I must decrease. You must increase. I just pray, God, you'll give us ears to hear, hearts to obey. And when all's said and done, you'll have the glory. I love you and give you glory now. Thank you for the blood, the cross, breakthroughs right now in every heart. Oh, Father, you know us. We pray now for victories to be wrought. and We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going, beloved. There are three reasons why Christian character counts in a coronavirus crisis. Are you ready for these? Three reasons. Number one is because of your personal testimony. I derived that particular thought based on verse 7. Your Christian testimony. How many know that you've got a testimony? Amen. All of us have a testimony, whether you know it or not. If you're a child of God, born by the Spirit of God, you've got a testimony. We'll talk about that. You've got a testimony before you were saved, when you were saved, and since you've been saved. But there's a second reason why you and I need to understand and to develop Christian character. Notice I said develop Christian character. Christian character is developed. It's not something automatically you have. That's why I believe it's important to be under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. I don't know about y'all, but I can tell you this. Without the Word of God, you just go about a month without reading your Bible and out praying, and I'll tell you what, you begin to think like a heathen. I know the Spirit of God has not left us, but buddy, if you're not putting truth in your mind, the devil's going to be putting lies in your mind. I'm telling you, the enemy's going to hit you with fear and insecurity. That's why it's important. That's why I thank God for you coming and sitting on the Word of God. And those that are listening, some that cannot come at this point because of physical underlying issues. But at any rate, your personal testimony, number one. Number two, the diabolical enemy. We'll see that in verse 8, 9, and 10. And number three, our eternal destiny. We'll see that in verse 11 and 12. Notice we're staying in the text. Notice we're staying right here in Revelation chapter 11. Here are the three reasons why you and I need to understand and develop Christian character. Number one, because of your personal testimony. Number two, because of the diabolical enemy. And then number three, because of our eternal destiny. Don't worry about getting all these. I'll bring them back up in a moment. But I've got to fast forward. My time is going. The clock is ticking. I'll get, bring them back up, though. Don't worry. Don't, don't uh, fret. Hey, look, number one, our personal testimony. Because of our personal testimony, yes, Christian character counts. Character counts. It absolutely does. By the way, speaking of character, guess who called me the other day? I was packing up the clothes, getting ready to go after the radio broadcast last Saturday. I had the privilege of uh, recording a radio broadcast every Saturday, an extension, by the way, of New Rocky Creek Baptist Church, to God be the glory until that day ministry. By the way, if Cynthia's listening, God bless you, we're praying for you. Andrew, who came to church, y'all remember, uh, she sent a testimony, Cynthia did, his mama, who uh, said just last uh, week, actually it was a little over a week ago, said that Andrew, I shared this before, but I want to share it again, she sent it 
and Becky forwarded it to me that Cynthia said that uh, Andrew had first tuned in to the radio broadcast and then a 36-year-old young man who needed God in his life and needed direction according to what she shared and then he tuned in to the live stream uh, the Facebook live stream and next thing you know he shows up at church he called you Garrett is Garrett back there he called you and you told me you sent a forward to man and he came little did anybody know a few weeks later his life would be snuffed out 36 years old all I'm saying is this your Christian testimony is important it's absolutely imperative what, what the way we think, um, who we are, and how we act. Oh, yes. Does anybody here need a little work on your Christian character? I believe a lot of us could use a little bit of refining. By the way, the Lord refines us through the crucibles. It's in the test of faith. It's in the trials and the storms of life whereby we're refined and become more like our Lord Jesus. And so keep that in mind. Our personal testimony. I want you to see about this particular phrase. Notice verse 7. Verse 7. Here it is. And when they had finished their martyria, their testimony. You've got one. We've got one. The beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and overcome them and shall kill them. Your personal testimony. Tell me. Have you been saved? Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that you've been forgiven of your sins? Has there ever been a point in time in your life when you've cried out to God for mercy and forgiveness for me? I talked with a man just yesterday, and I told him I was a lost church member. Y'all, look, you can sit here in church and be lost as a ball in high weeds. Amen. You can act like a Christian like I did. I know I did it. I sat in church but was a lost church member. I'd been baptized. Baptism don't save you. I want to tell you something. If Jesus Christ isn't real in your life and personal in your life, more than likely you're not his child. Maybe there's some of you really need to get born again today because this thing of uh, head knowledge without a uh, heart experience is 18 inches from your head to your heart. Jesus said you've got to be born again. And he said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father in heaven. He said, many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in the name, the many wonderful works in thy name, cast out demons in thy name? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Ye that work iniquity. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. And John records in the 20th chapter, verses 11 through 15, whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Hey, make your calling and election sure. Eternity's too long to be wrong. And there's some of you today that maybe your lifestyle doesn't indicate you're a child of God. I don't tell you this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's not what you think, and it's not what I think. Rather, this is the plumb line right here. If my life doesn't line up under this book right here, and if I don't have any kind of fruit in my life, if I'm living like the devil, living like hell, it's all indication I'm a child of the devil rather than a child of God. But the good news is that Jesus Christ died and rose again. He's not willing that any should perish, but all to come to repentance. we got to stop playing church today. We live in a community, beloved, and I love this dear community. There's a lot of people up and down the road of Jackson Lake Road 
Road in Jasper County who have a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof. There's a lot of people who know how to talk the talk but deep down inside there's no surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and God's telling you today time's running out. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. Can you imagine being thrown in the lake of fire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched? It's an awful thing to listen to the devil's lies. You need to run to Jesus today. And the church said, people are dying like that. Young people, older people. And it's been an awful thing to die and go to hell sitting in church. That's like the rich young man. He died and he went to hell. You better believe he had a lot of wealth in Luke 16. But he died and went to hell. I didn't say he did it. Jesus said he did it. He died and went to hell. You say, preacher, I don't like preachers talking about hell. I don't care what you like or what you don't like. Jesus talked about hell. And by the way, look up here. There ain't going to be no party in hell. So you might as well get over that and you better get real with God because it's appointed a man wants to die. But after this judgment, I love you. If I didn't love you, I sure wouldn't be telling you this. I'd be tickling your ears. I'd be telling you, you're all right. Keep on doing what you're doing. God says he commands all men everywhere to repent. Repent, repent, repent. If your lifestyle is indicative of living in rebellion and sin day after day after day, I'm telling you, you need to check up and say, am I really born again? You need to say, thank God, I need Jesus to change my life. Many of people today are ridden with guilt and condemnation, but I've got good news. Thank God when you come to Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be gone. You'll be a new creature in Christ. You can lay your head down on your pillow at night and say, thank God, if I die, I'm going to be absent from the body present with the Lord. Aren't you glad that Jesus has come to prepare a place for us? Hey, nobody in their right mind would say no to Jesus and listen to the devil. Nobody in their right mind. And so our testimony, when they have finished their testimony, listen to me, beloved. How many of y'all saved? Raise your hand. You know that you're saved. Raise your hand. Okay, keep them up. Everybody, but maybe one or two couldn't raise their hand. Listen, I want to encourage you, finish your testimony. It's not how we begin in this race. It's how we finish in the race. How many of y'all want to finish faithful? I do. Y'all hear me now? I really mean this. I want to finish faithful. I really want to finish faithful. Lord, the testimony, when they have finished their testimony, and I'm preaching to some daddies today and some mamas today, some grandparents today, some Christians today that are, that are being tempted by the world, the flesh, the devil, and maybe you're slipping a little bit when it comes to your thought life, or maybe you're slipping a little bit and your your discernment and decision-making process. Character is built through decisions, and it takes the transformation of the Word of God to cause us to think God's thoughts, who He is, and what He thinks about situations. The truth of God, the entrance of thy word, give it light. Psalm 119, verse 130 says, Paul said, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can I ask you this? Are you spending time in the Word of God daily? The average Christian is so busy. I'm not saying this critically. The average Christian is so busy. We get up. Our phone starts ringing. Things going on. Mine rings all the time. I understand. Last night I got a text message at 1230 at night. 
Mine rings all the time. Yours rings all the time. Matter of fact, I can't even hardly get in a good study in time until about 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. That's why sometimes I stay up till 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. My phone usually don't ring by then, hello. But when our phone starts ringing and when things start, I got to do this, I got to do this. Hey, take some time to spend with Jesus every day. Drink from the fountain. Your testimony, your personal testimony, mamas. How many of y'all want to leave a lasting legacy? Let me ask you that. If you want to leave a lasting legacy, oh yes, your testimony is important when you were saved. And by the way, your testimony is being made right now. Write this verse down. Philippians 1, 6. He that begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I've never seen a time, and maybe it's just me, that people are dying left and right. You notice that? Every time you turn around, somebody's passing away. Have y'all noticed that? Is it just me? Or is it really happening? I'm not talking about just people in the world. I'm talking about Christian people that we know, Gary and Diane. I'm talking about people like Twyla. I'm talking about people like my dad. I'm talking about people that we know and, and people that uh, we love. And this thing is better. If it hadn't got our attention, I don't know what will. God's getting our attention. Christian character is uh, very important because of your personal testimony. Mamas and daddies and Christians, oh yes. Tell me, tell me, do you really love Jesus? Do you just give God lip service? You know, where are you at? What's your heart like? Is it clean before God? Do you confess your sins before the Lord? Maybe somebody needs today to get drawn near to God. Maybe somebody today. You've been slipping, hadn't you? Those video games. That YouTube and that stuff uh, on TV and movies. You put trash in your mind and trash is going to come out. You say, but pastor, I believe we ought to have some entertainment. Oh, I understand. But, but uh, how many know you can lose some ground real quick when you put trash in your mind? But see, it's easy to, to want to be spiritual and Christian, but also be in the world. One foot in the world, one foot in the church. But our testimony is marred. There's some people watching you. There's some people watching me. And as you, if you fall, they're going to fall with you. Our testimony. Is there anybody here that would say, Dear God, protect me, dear Lord, preserve. Now, I'll tell you something. The enemy would love to shoot his fiery darts right through you. Do you believe that? We're in a war. Y'all look at me. This isn't a playground for little babies. It's a war. And, and I know you realize that, or you wouldn't be here. But we've got to be clothed with the armor of God. The enemy, yeah, he ascends out of the bottomless pit. Your testimony, here and now, your testimony. How many want to, when you're gone, not be forgotten? Gone, but not forgotten. People, what are people going to say about you when you're gone? It might be tomorrow. What are they going to say about you? Oh, he was nice. He was a, what, what kind of Christian character do you got? How do you talk with people when you're away from the church? How do you treat your husband? How do you treat your wife? Are you respectful? Are you loving? Uh, do you forgive? Uh, how, what relation do your children have? They see you come to church, but then they see you act another way at home. That's a double standard. That's a double lifestyle. Maybe today God's saying, you need to stop living this life, a double lifestyle. You need to have a pure heart. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. 
don't know about y'all, but when you sometimes read the Bible, it's all of a sudden like the devil shoo, snatches it away from you. We're in a battle. And your testimony, speaking of testimonies, I told y'all, guess who called me the other day? On Saturday, a week ago, Russell Cobb. You know what he said? He said, Brother Randy, I'm going to tell you, Sandy went back to the doctor. Sandy Cobb. How do y'all know Sandy Cobb? Battling, first breast, breast cancer, next lung cancer. Sandy went back to the doctor. I said, yes, yes, yes. And he said the PET scan showed she was cancer-free. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Our God is well able. And we rejoice on the phone and praise the Lord. Why? We pray. There's prayer, John. There's power in prayer. God's able to heal. And if he doesn't heal, like my dear dad, he'll take them all to glory. By the way, speaking of testimony, let me challenge somebody right here. The Lord has challenged me to send out a daily devotion every day. It's on our website. All you got to do is go to New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. And I don't know exactly where it's at. I don't go there. But anyway, Katie tells me that it's downloaded every day, correct? Except for Sunday and Monday. Linda, you see it. And it's nothing fantastic about that. I'm not promoting myself. I'm just saying the Lord's put a, a, a desire in my heart to be the kind of pastor to feed the flock of God, to love the flock of God. And this is one way every day there's a devotion there. It's not long. You can read it in what, five minutes, Linda? Maybe ten minutes? And it's a breakdown, exegetical study of the Word of God. It'll encourage you. I believe it will. Go to it. And, and this is another source of spiritual help. Help, help, help. My dad, listen, I said all that, say this. My dad, who's with Jesus now, I never would have dreamed he'd have been taken to heaven. I just figured he'd be here. He wasn't sick. Well, he was coughing a little bit. But, I mean, it just boom, boom, boom like that. I talked with Jerry Bella yesterday. Her mom is in the hospital right now over at Crawford Long, Emory. Her mom is in her 90s, Evelie, precious dear lady. In fact, I went to David's mom's funeral not long ago. And there, Evelie and her beloved husband, Warner, Evelie and Warner both have coronavirus, both of them. Both of them are in their 90s. And Evelie's in the hospital. I got a message yesterday. I've been talking with David and Jerry periodically this week. She was moved to ICU yesterday. We need to pray for her. Amen? We need to pray for her. Leaving a lasting legacy. Listen to what my dad did. The last four months of his life, I had no idea. I had no clue what God was doing. March, April, May, June. You know what he did? Every day. He got my family. And that's, boy, that's like herding up cats. Can I get a witness? He got all of our family, our siblings. I've got four sisters, three brothers. Hello. That's a big family. Scattered all around. I love my family. They're listening, and they are. They listen all the time, praise the Lord. Anyway, here's the thing. He sent out a devotion to our siblings and grandchildren every day. The Lord put it in his heart to do that. Did he know he was going to heaven? I don't think so. What can you do right now to make a difference? Little things like that. I look back on it. I still save them on my phone. You can do the same thing. I said, you can do the same thing. Why not today? How many of you all are parents? Raise your hand. Why don't you pray right now today and say, Lord, what can I do to influence my children in a spiritual, positive way? 
it'll bless you and it'll bless your children. Can I just go on the record by saying this? And God help me to learn how to speak a blessing to your children. Man, that's the biggest battle that we fight, isn't it? Because I don't know about y'all, but I have to battle this thing of negativism and criticism all the time. I do, and I believe you do too. And if you don't think you do, you wait till you leave church and you say, start talking about somebody. Somebody wasn't here and somebody something said, didn't say. Y'all look at me like you're so spiritual. Hello? You know you do it. Come on, don't act like you're so spiritual. You know you do it. Don't lie in the house of God. Bottom line is we need Jesus, amen? I do, and I know you do as well. All right, number one, your personal testimony. Quickly, not only the personal testimony, but the diabolical enemy. Their dead bodies, their corpses shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Can I tell you this? They lay in the streets, these two witnesses. They had the power of God on them. And they of the people and the kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the grave. What's going on? And they that dwell upon the earth shall make a party and have glee over them and make merry, have a time of rejoicing, of celebration, Christmas for the devil, and shall send gifts one to another because two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Hey, get this, get this. Are you ready? Three ways the enemy attacks us. Three ways. That's not Tim, is it? I talk, is that Tim? How you doing, buddy? Three ways. I've not met Tim in person, but I've talked with him. Hey, look, three ways the enemy attacks us. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Are you ready? Write these down. Number one, the enemy attacks our home question how many of your husbands and wives have been fussing and not agreeing on this and that how many know that coronavirus can get you on each other's nerves y'all don't look at me like you don't ever get on thank you Marcia and Eddie <laughs> amen hey man I feel better now I love y'all your mama used to say to you about your daddy I love his guts <laughs> Lois, I love his guts. Man, that's real love, isn't it? Praise the Lord, I love my wife's guts, amen. I'm going to have to learn to say that. Hey, look, the enemy's going to attack your home. Y'all believe that? Listen, please, please hear me. My time's running out. Y'all, please listen to me for a moment. Will you today covenant together with your wife and your husband and with your children right now today to pray together? Will you do that? Are you praying for each other daily? Are you praying out loud for each other daily? Why not? We're not each other's enemies. Your children and our children are not our enemies. Our grandchildren aren't our enemies. The diabolical devil is our enemy. And we've got to understand we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. You can't fight the devil with a water pistol. You've got to get the weapons of God. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of a warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Can I get a witness? Pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring it to captivity. Every thought to the beings of Christ. Y'all listen to me. We've been called to be soldiers. 
We're not called to be wimps and pansies. We're called men to take a stand. The devil's going to attack our home. And our wife, according to Peter, is the weaker vessel. We are the priest in our home. We are the provider in our home. We are the protectors of our home. And thank God there's power and authority, the authority of the Word of God through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He gives us as husbands and dads to have authority. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's Luke chapter 10 and verse 18. He stripped in small principalities and powers and made a public open display of them, trumpeting over them in it. Colossians chapter number 2 and verse 14 and 15. And the God of peace shall show they bruise Satan under your heels. Oh yes, Romans chapter 16 and verse number 20. Yes, the enemy walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, whom withstand steadfast in the faith. Hey, I'm talking to some soldiers today. I'm talking to Paul said to Timothy, he said endure hardness as a good soldier. I know you got stress on you. I know you got pressure on you. I know you got anxiety on your shoulders, mama but keep fighting the good fight of faith. Don't give up. Uh, just keep on pressing on because thank God weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning. I'm telling you God has placed us right here a time such as this and thank God he said I'm going to be with you and there's always victory in Jesus. Woo! Glory, glory. You know why I say that? Because if it wasn't for Jesus We'd all be uh, sitting ducks. He'll attack our home. Is he attacking your home? Will you take authority today over the enemy? Not only our heart, I mean our home, but secondly, our hearts. If he can get us to drift from God, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted about that you're able. We're with the temptation, make a way to escape. You might be able to bear it. The enemy throws his lure no, yes, he does, uh, Brother Chris. He throws his lure. And uh, Justin, he throws that lure, Ken. And uh, Gary, he, he's trying to get us to go after that lure. How many know that it seems like the enemy's uh, temptations are intensifying these days? The closer you get to Jesus, the more the enemy's going to attack you. That's all right. He's got those who don't get close to the Lord anyway. He'll attack our home. He'll attack our heart. Thirdly, y'all get this now. Write it down, William. He'll attack our health. I really believe the enemy will attack our health. Do y'all believe that? If you don't believe it, you've not read your Bible. Let me prove it to you. Luke chapter 13. Jesus found a woman bent over with a curvature of the spine. How long? 18 years. Who had done this travesty? Satan. I didn't say it. Jesus did. Satan had bound her down 18 years. Now, if Jesus said that, that means Satan will bind and we'll blind, and we'll try to make grind. Jesus put his hands on that woman, said, woman, thou art loosed. Oh, yes. You're loose. The enemy will hit our homes. He'll hit our heart. He'll hit our health. And I'm convinced with this coronavirus stuff. Y'all listen to me. I love you. But if the enemy can take you out or me out, he'll do it right now. He'll do it right now. Now's a good time for you to lower your guard. Now's a good time for you to just think this is no big deal. That's why I appreciate us as a church. 
not congregation, congregating in the halls, being sensitive and social distancing the best we can. We don't live in fear, but we've got to exercise faith and wisdom because the enemy, and God forbid that anybody, I say this, God forbid that anybody in New Rocky Creek would ever get sick. Your pastor wouldn't be able to sleep if I knew you were sick because of this thing. I'm serious as I can be. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd feel responsible. You understand? I'd feel responsible. I really would. Our men would feel responsible. That's why we take this thing seriously. We can rejoice in the Lord, but at the same time, why is a serpent's harm as a Hey, look, our personal testimony, my time's gone. The diabolical enemy, but finally our eternal destiny. After three days and a half, the spirit of life of God entered into them. They stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them, and they heard a great voice from heaven, saying unto them, Come up hither. And that's certainly a picture of the rapture and the picture of Jesus' ascension. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. God's always got the final say so. Yes. God's got the final say-so. Is there anybody today? Say, man, my character needs some work. Oh, God, I've been under pressure, and I'm about to cave in. When, when the crucible, the storms and the fires and, and the, the, the stress comes, that's what makes us. God makes us in the crucibles. I don't know about you, but I need to pray today. God, hold us steady, Lord. Give us mountain-moving faith. Give us soul-cleansing faith. Give us, dear Lord, that kind of trust in you that, God, you're with us no matter what. Peace to accept the things I can't change. Power to change the things I can. And your presence to know the difference. There's some saints today, and if you don't take this seriously, I'm telling you, the enemy's got a target on you. You better take this seriously today because of our personal testimony, because the diabolical enemy, and because of our eternal destiny. One day the Lord will come back again. Yes, he will. How is your testimony today? Is there some things in our life that we could say, God, I know it's not pleasing to you. I'm going to throw it aside. I'm going to pursue holiness and righteousness, a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll close on this. My time's gone. Last Wednesday night, actually Tuesday night, preached the message. A man came to the altar. God moved in power. Thanks for praying. Last Tuesday night, preaching revival at Boynton Baptist Church, a man came to the altar. And there was others that came. But I noticed this man. I slipped over here. I had a mask on. Everybody in the church had masks. It was downtown. I didn't preach with a mask, but everybody in the church had masks. And it's mandatory up in Chattanooga area. Anyway. I grabbed my mask. I got down here at the altar. This young man was at the altar and uh, in his 30s and 40s. And I said, young man, what can I pray for you? He was travailing. The, uh, the Spirit of God was dealing with him. How many know the Spirit of God's real? Amen. And if you'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And, and that young man was, was, was saying, I, I've been battling this stuff. I've been battling anxiety. I've been battling anger. Is there anybody here that's been battling anger? Mad. Look at the things going on. Man, I tell you, my heart goes out to David and Jerry. They can't be there at the hospital. And if you've got a loved one in the hospital like we've experienced, oh, my, it's a different situation. You're in a roller coaster and people are trying to process all this stuff going on. This young man said, I'm angry, I'm mad. I said, let's get that thing right. 
He prayed and prayed, and I said, man, let's get it right. He said, I've been slipping in this area and that area. I said, but thank God we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I said, let's believe God. Let's let go and confess our sin because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the breakthrough finally came. This young man, I won't tell you his name, but I'll tell you this. The next night, Wednesday, here he comes to the altar again. Guess who's with him? His daddy. Ha, ha, ha. Woo! His daddy came to the altar. And I slipped over there to the side and began to pray for both of them. And the daddy and the son praying together. Hallelujah. And the daddy and son fighting the battle together. Man, I wish you could have been there. I was there. And when all said and done, the daddy stood up and said, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord right now. And the son said, I want to, I'm saved, glory to God. I've never been baptized, or I want to follow through a believer's baptism in the, in the creek. And Pastor Keith sent me a text later and said, they're going to baptize that young man. There's a daddy and a son who have uh, recommitted their life, who rededicated their life to the Lord. I said to the Lord, hey, y'all listen, look up here. How many of you really today? need to rededicate your life to the Lord, that you want God to give you grace to finish your testimony faithfully because the enemy is attacking our home, our heart, and our health. I wonder today if you'll stand to your feet, all of the house of God, you'll eva evaluate your Christian character. Yes, we blow it, but thank God we serve a God of a second chance. And the enemy's got our number, but oh yes, Look, we got to stop playing games. We got to stop pretending like we're spiritual when we're really not during the week. We've got to get God's blessings and anointing. We need God's power on our family. We need breakthroughs. And yes, we do. And it all trickles down as we get right with the Lord. Oh, yes. People are standing. I'm going to ask you to do something today. Those of you that are standing close to your family, you can do this without any kind of concern. Those listening by way of live stream. You find somebody you're standing next to right now and ask them, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And just a moment when the invitation's given, I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray. And if you don't have anybody that's around you, if you see somebody, you can pray for them. Ask who you're standing. I guarantee you somebody that is standing in front of you, beside you, they need prayer. All of us need prayer. Right, John? All of us need prayer. So will you do that? After finished praying, when Garrett comes to sing, ask that person standing next to you, how can I pray for you? Daddies, mamas, children, grandparents, husbands, wives, friends, father, oh God, we're nothing without you. I recognize. Oh, Jesus, you've left us a time like this, as you said to Esther. But, Lord, these challenges are overwhelming. And the pressures sometimes become, oh, God, unbearable. We need your grace. I need your grace. Our church family needs your grace. Those listening, our Lord need your grace I know there's some that are hurting today I know there's some that are battling today I know there's mamas that are at odds and disconnected from the family and children oh God bring healing 
extend the bomb of Gilead, rebuild the broken down walls, help us to unite as a body of Christ, a body of believers, help us to unite as families, to stand as in the days of Nehemiah as one man, help us to pray for each other, hold up each other's hands like Aaron and hers, to keep fighting the good fight of faith. Thank you for the lasting legacy of so many of our dear people, Father, who've been promoted to heaven. I pray, dear God, for hurting hearts today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We want to be faithful to the finish, we pray, as I rededicate my to you. Save the lost, revive the saved. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We're singing now. Are you praying for that loved one? Are you praying for that loved one? How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you, brother? How can I pray for you, sister? We're singing now.